0: my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, March the 1st and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's beauty. I wish you God's goodness today, my friends. Happy Shrove Tuesday. Happy Fat Tuesday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We are a day away from entering into Lent and we're going to talk a little bit about that on the other side of, gospel, of the gospel uh, as well today. But for today, we are going to bid adieu to uh, Mark's gospel. We'll read it one more time today, but then once we enter Lent, all bets are off. That sequential reading that we've been having with Mark, that goes away because Lent carries its own priorities. Lent carries its own liturgical calendar, its own... Um, you know, its own importance. And so the gospel will therefore focus on far more uh, Lenten themes uh, than than we have been doing in reading Mark sequentially. So today picks up immediately off of yesterday's gospel, and that's a really important thing because I'm going to reference it. Not that it's important because I'm referencing it, but it helps us understand and make sense of our gospel today. On its own, today's gospel is fine, but it it develops more depth and richness and beauty when we remember yesterday's, okay? So today, Mark chapter 10, verses 28 to 31. If you want to follow along, please feel free. I am once again going to read uh, out of the translation on the message, okay? Let's break open God's word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Peter tried another angle. We left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Mark my words. No one who sacrifices houses, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, land, whatever, because of me and the message, will lose out. They'll get it all back but multiplied many times in homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and land, but also in troubles. And then the bonus of eternal life. This is once again the great reversal. Many who are first will end up last, and the last first. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So you could even see right with that first line where it said, Peter tried another angle that to separate it from the last gospel doesn't make any sense. So what happened at the end of of the last gospel? It was that wonderful story, if you recall, of the rich young ruler, right? The rich young man who came and said, you know, good teacher, how can I possess? How can I get? How can I grab, grasp, hold on to eternal life? And Jesus says, Hey, you know, you know the commandments. And he lists them off. And the, the rich young man says, Well, I've kept all those. And Jesus, looking hard at him in the eye, loved him. And because he loved him, he called him to a new place. And he said, But now set those things aside, all that wealth, go sell it and come and follow me, and you will have treasure in heaven. And he went away sad, right? And Jesus said, You know, ah, uh, how difficult it is for the rich to get into heaven. Uh, You know, it's easier for a camel to pass through a needle's eye, right? I mean, all this was yesterday's gospel, but that's the important part, because when Jesus says that, how difficult it is for the rich, because the, the thought of the time was, if one was rich, it was a blessing of God, because they have lived a life well, and if the rich can't get in, well, the poor have no shot at all, because they're poor for a reason, right? And that's what it says. That set the disciples back on their heels. Then who has a chance at all? And Jesus was blunt. No chance at all. If you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you let God do it. That's where yesterday ends. They're like, man, nobody's getting in. And Jesus says, you're right. If you are, are trusting in your own wisdom, your own goodness, your own you know, actions, you're in big trouble. But if you trust in God, every chance in the world, if you let God do it. So that's where today picks up and it says, Peter tried another angle. And he's saying, well, hey, he didn't give up anything. He, He held on. He grasped. But we gave up everything to follow you. I mean, listen, Peter is unabashed in this one, right? I mean, he is just putting it out there and saying, hey, hey, man, over here, you know, you got 12 of us raising our hands. Don't forget about us. Don't forget about us. And so Jesus is like, mark my words. No one who sacrifices house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, lamb, no one who opens up that grasp and is able to let go of those things which they have surrounded themselves with who they think they are only because of those things, who give them security or give them wealth or give them identity or all these things. Nobody who is, uh, is able to open up their hand, trust me, everybody, he says, you'll get it all back. Anybody who sacrifices these things, who opens up their grasp because of me and the message, because of me and the gospel, nobody's going to lose out. you get it all back, multiplied many times over. Many homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, land, but also troubles. Brothers and sisters, we are about to enter Lent, right? And I promised you I'd talk a little bit about uh, Shrove slash uh, Fat Tuesday. Uh, again, whatever you call it, uh, ending Shrove Tuesday kind of has that penitential feel over it, right? Right? Um, that, uh, that hey, we're getting ready for the season of penitence, uh, that 40-day retreat that I call, it, that 40-day journey. Where? To Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus is stealing his spine. Since the hinge of Mark's gospel, that's where he's going, into suffering, leaning into it, because it's not the end point there. Um, and, uh, and 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 Shrove Tuesday has that connotation that it says, hey, buckle up, get ready for the season of penitence. We're doing it too. But, but Fat Tuesday uh, has a very different feel, right? So um, now again, I, we see the modern-day uh, abuses, if I'll say that, the modern-day approach that has very little to do with uh, spirituality or, or its roots. But its roots are within the church. Its roots are, are back in, at, at the very minimum, medieval times, if not before, uh, in the early church. But the idea is it actually was a simple one. And it comes from a very practical purpose. And you, I suspect you know this already very well. But the idea is we're going to enter into a period of fasting, fasting, almsgiving, prayer. And if we are fasting, we need to uh, get rid of those things which aren't going to last throughout the, uh, the, the Lenten feast, the Lenten journey. Uh, and so any meat, uh, any dairy, that's not going to last 40 days. So we need to consume it. And uh, and hence the meaning of carnival, right? Carnival comes from the, the root word carnivore, meat eating. It was getting rid of meats. Um, and that's what carnival meant. And that's where it started. And that whole celebration of, uh, of carnival, at least the idea of it, that that and brothers and sisters, that's a very Catholic thing. Don't think for a moment we need to put on, you know, sackcloth and ashes uh, t- today and uh, and and be dour. Listen, Catholics are 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 a wonderfully celebrative, celebratory, uh, people, and uh, and we are not afraid of celebration, and that's a marvelous and good thing. And and so of course, uh, not only was it the meat and the dairy, but it was any other. Uh, thing that may not last. I mean, um, and uh, and that developed into this idea of Fat Tuesday, which in its literal translation means Mardi Gras. And so Mardi Gras, Carnival, those things come from our practices of approaching Lent and being serious, but also a practical idea of let's get rid of the food. But that idea of celebration before we enter onto the journey. You know, if, if you know, my friends, that Uh, a a family member of yours is going to go off on on a long journey and it may be a while before you see them again the night before that or the day before that you celebrate with them that's an appropriate thing and and now again i'm not here to say let's go on to new orleans and and throw beads at each other and do that that has very little relevance to its its starting point but if in our homes, if in our communities of faith, we have celebrations tomorrow, it is entirely appropriate. But what this gospel points to, though, is that whole idea of sacrifice, that whole idea of, remember, the rich young man was not able to loosen his grasp on that which um, prohibited him from entering into life, right? He, and, and in his case, it was wealth. It got in the way of that. And if only he could loosen that grasp, he would be able to see the true life that God had waiting for him. But because he was only able to hold on to it, he wasn't able to enter fully. And what it even uses that term in the gospel today, both translations do no one who sacrifices house, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, land, whatever, because of me and the gospel will lose out. And so, as we enter into the season of Lent, my friends, and listen again—I know you know this—I'm just merely speaking it out loud for all of us to remember. Um, and that's this: Lent is a very, very different season, a very different time, a very different action than our New Year's resolutions. This is not, "Hey, I'm going to give up candy," and then on the other side of at Easter, I'm going to, I'm going to. You know, have a whole bunch. Hey, if you want to give up candy, bless you. I, or or coffee or whatever. Those, those, those are fine. I, who am I to tell you not to do those things? But I think what Lent offers us, my friends, is a time for us to look within and say, what are those things we grasp onto? From yesterday's gospel, right? What are those things we can't let go? What are those things that prohibit us from entering the fullness of that life in God? That, that we, that Jesus looks hard in our eye and loves us, but because he loves us says, Joe, you give this up and then come and follow me. Because those things, my friends, those things he looks us hard in the eye and loves us and he says, unloose your grasp there or give that up those are the things Lent invites us to give up those are the things because it invites us to become new people it invites us to dare to live for 40 days without those things to see if we can develop a new identity a new understanding of who we are who god is of our life without those items those ideas those attitudes those actions those thoughts whatever it is Can we loosen our grasp on them and open ourselves to become somebody new? Because if we can, by the time we reach Easter, we will be new people, transformed, resurrected. Right? That's the idea. Now, why, you know, this idea that Jesus says, you know, you're going to get back um, more and eternal life. This, once again, is the great reversal. Many who are first will end up last and the last first. Now, again, I don't want to pretend I understand what Jesus is saying here, but here's what comes to my mind. Um, Take it for what it's worth. I've used this example before. Um, Not for a while, but I know I've used it before. Uh, Years ago, I want to say, gosh, 50 years ago, give or take, there was a play that was entitled The Last Judgment. And effectively, the play was this, or the end, the the culmination, the climax. That people died, all of us died, and we went to the kingdom, and we were standing in front of the pearly gates. But, uh, you know, the Lord was delayed in coming to open them and inviting us in. And instead, we're standing there, and we look around, and we see other people whom we don't care for or other groups that we thought aren't worthy of being in the kingdom or other people who uh, chose occupations that we thought were less than ours or, or said things that, that hurt us or, or did things that we felt were, were not worthy of the gospel. And, and in a sense, what happens with these crowds is many of them work themselves in a lather and say, look, look, he's going to forgive them too. And they storm off. And that's the last judgment, is that last judgment is one that we bring upon ourselves. That, that idea that even before the, the kingdom of God, when we're virtually in the presence of God, we are still concerned about ourselves, think we've done it on our own, our own legacy. It's our goodness that brought us there and not the grace and goodness of God. And, and that idea that I am not one with those people, whoever those people are over there, that I'm getting angry about that God's going to forgive them too. To the extent, my friends, that you and I are able to look around even at our enemies, because that's what Jesus is talking about when he says love our enemies. The extent that we can look around and say he loves them too, and we are good with that, we've reached what Jesus is talking about that point where we are, are able to open our grasp and gain all these other mothers, brothers, sisters, fathers, children, land, all that. Why? Because we are one. Now, none of us are there perfectly yet. But brothers and sisters, that's the journey. To the extent that we realize we are in communion with that communion of saints, both those who have lived before us already died, and those who are present among us, To the extent that we are open to that, that's exactly what Jesus is is talking about. Yeah, it's going to bring sufferings. It's going to bring pain. There are going to be people that do not care for the choices that we make. But brothers and sisters, to the extent that we see that we are one, we're there. To the extent that we do not, um, the last shall be first, the first shall be last. That oneness, it doesn't make any sense. That great reversal of which Jesus speaks. My friends, make sure you celebrate well today. We enter the journey tomorrow. Ponder well what it is we grasp because that's what our God invites us to loosen, you and I, as we enter into this journey. Why? Because then when we are more open to that life of God, that life that flows through us, when nothing is in between us so we can live that well, well, automatically, we live that life well with one another too. Let's pray. We begin as we begin all things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you on this Shrove Tuesday, this Fat Tuesday. May you celebrate in God's grace and God's goodness well. And I will see you tomorrow as we begin the celebration of life. God's peace.